beautiful people and welcome back to Nostalgia where music and storytelling meet. In this episode, my first socially distant episode, I sit down with marketeer Miriam as we dive into the effects COVID-19 has had on the music industry, the subtle importance of representation and the day when you break away from the crowd and find yourself musically. Hello beautiful people and welcome to another episode of Nostalgia. I have with me Miriam. Um, who I know through Janoi. I know through Janoi and through Bikita. So yeah, friends of friends. <laughs> um, so Miriam, do you want to say hi to the beautiful people? Hello, beautiful people. Um, yeah, Miriam, uh, work in marketing. And uh, yeah, um, Janoi kind of introduced me to yourself, Victoria, through, through this and loved the idea of it um, and wanted to be involved. So yeah, really excited. Oh, I really appreciate you getting involved and wanting yeah. to come on. And yeah, I'm really excited to like hear your stories behind each mm. of your songs. Cool. So, do you want to kick it off with your first one? Yeah, so this is my first song, uh, Lover You Should Have Come Over by Jeff Buckley. And this is actually my favourite song of all time. Yeah. Um, and Jeff Buckley is my favourite, art- like, well, one of my favourite artists. Um, oh. Comes from the album Grace, um, which is a beautiful, beautiful album. When I was younger, so I think I discovered Jeff Buckley when I was maybe like 14. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you ever watched The O.C. So The O.C. was like a like, trashy American teen show. <laughs> but there was a scene and it, it was playing Hallelujah by Jeff Buckley, which yes. most people will know, yeah. um, which is a cover from the Leonard Cohen um, original. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is like really haunting. I was like, who is this? And yeah. you'll kind of learn throughout this and admittedly so, back in the day, I was a bit of a music snob. Like, I was kind of, like, trying to just be on the edge of, like, I just want to, like, be the muso and be, like, <laughs> a little bit snobby <laughs> about it. <laughs> and so I kind of, like, had heard Hallelujah, and I was like, oh, this is beautiful. And then um, I used to read Q Magazine, like, Enemy and Q Magazine were my thing, so I'd, like, spend my pocket money weekly. And I got a free CD, um, and it had Dream Brother by Jeff Buckley on. I was like, oh, it's this guy again. So I was then listened to it. And then I just like was obsessed with him. And my friend bought me um, for a, like a birthday present, um, the Grace album. And I absolutely like was fell in love with it. And yeah. um, there was, there was like, it had a DVD about Jeff Buckley. And I was like, oh, I've got to find out everything about him. And that's what I normally do. Like when I like love an artist, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Wikipedia, let me know everything <laughs> about them. And sadly, he died before he uh, was able to release his second album. And he was kind of like an upcoming artist. Um, and yeah, the song Lover You Should Come Over. And I think it was just me being kind of a bit young and like wishful of love. And it was just the, like lyrically, I think that song was amazing. And there's a lyric in there. It's like, you're the tear that hangs inside my soul forever. And it's just that like, that love that you kind of like crave. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's kind of like, you you can't be all the way honest about it but you can tell that i don't know i don't know what his situation was but you can tell that he almost like like just poured his heart and soul into this song and it's just it's very um euphoric in in places of the song um the strings i mean like i I mean jeff buckley he he played like 10 different instruments and he was like multi-talented and he had like that or octane voice or whatever the like some amazing kind of yeah. making some really high notes um and yeah i do think that that song kind of reminds me of being um being younger like wishful thinking like 
this very lyrical I think it started to like make me understand music beyond just like you know listening to like pop songs and stuff like yeah. really really have any like, <laughs> meaning to it and then suddenly Jeff Buckley came about and then he was like he had these like just like it kind of I'm like young I wasn't in love with anyone but I suddenly listened to this song and I was like oh I know what love is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> really like dug deep um so yeah I think Jeff Buckley for me I you know his that whole album is beautiful and um I highly recommend everyone to listen to it um and you know it's slightly grungier at times but you know really he, you can hear kind of like the jazz influence and like he was a New York artist yeah. and so you can kind of hear like there's like a few videos but like that kind of like um jazz cafe vibe like that kind of old school like 90s it kind of really like is quite well I'm aware of it like not reminiscent but it's almost like if you see tv and stuff like tv shows of that era like it feels very like reminiscent of that yeah um yeah so lover you should have come over i think it's very for me um just lyrically like one of my senior songs I've yeah. ever heard. no it's amazing and it's like it's almost as if you just heard him and you just went down a rabbit hole with him and then yeah. you had to just know absolutely everything about him. Yeah. And I'm, I'm honestly the same. I just go yeah. deep, deep down, like, I love you. I just want to know everything yeah. about you. I want to know every single song that you've ever played and <laughs> everything. It's so weird though, because like, you get into it and you're like, this is not normal human behavior. But like, <laughs> you end up like, you're just like, your talent, I think talent generally, and I think all the artists I've picked today and their songs are like, you know, shows, like you are talented like yeah. you've got a skill there and I think talent in itself like particularly music and any generally any art um you find so captivating and so fascinating that you want to dig deep and you yeah. want to understand you want to understand where they've come from you yeah. want to get into that and I think for me Jeff Buckley was you know he had an interesting story like his dad was a folk artist called Tim Buckley who's like left him as a child um but and had become famous as famous in its own right and Tim Buckley passed away I think from I want to say drugs like just a drug overdose um but they were like but he didn't know his dad at all um and but they look identical so he was always going up in the music scene people talking about his dad being legendary this Tim Buckley and obviously he had his surname but he and looked exactly like him and he just had no idea who he was he'd met him once like when he was like five yeah Oh. And I was like, imagine living your life like that under this, like, in this shadow of someone yeah. who is part of you, but you don't know them. And I couldn't even imagine, like, I've had my dad with music my whole life, and, um, like, I couldn't imagine what that must do. And so there must have been some sort of, like, angst that come out of his music through that. And, and it's stuff like that, like, I was like, I need to get in deep. I need to understand. Like, what <laughs> I need to know. I think, yeah, because even when I was looking him up, um, he sung Hallelujah, and that, mm-hmm. that was very iconic for that song. And I didn't realize that it was he did a cover of someone else's song, but then he yeah. became so famous by him singing that yeah. song. I, I heard the original by yeah. Leonard Cohen, and it wasn't, it just wasn't completely the same. Different. It's a completely, completely, completely different vibe. And I think because you just kind of, when you hear that song, you just kind yeah. of stamp them as, yeah, that's that, that's yeah. the song should sound. You know what? What's really interesting about that song, and this is like super geeky for me knowing this, but it's in another podcast this, um, about this, well, it's about songwriting and how some people can write songs that are like, that they have to like really like 
break it down and it can take years to write a perfect song but some artists can do a perfect song in 15 minutes and it's a yeah. smash um the song hallelujah is like Leonard Cohen notoriously would spend hours and no weeks and weeks and weeks on songs and actually the version that Jeff Buckley sings and has made famous is actually a version of the Leonard Cohen version but not the one Leonard Cohen did so it's basically someone else did a version Jeff Buckley copied that version and it's that version that's become really famous and it's just really interesting the way that that song has kind of like become famous in its own right it's just by chance that Jeff Buckley had 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 heard this recording mm. by a guy that wasn't famous it was like he just found it at like a record shop like a charity shop yeah. and he just by chance heard it and was like oh that's a really nice song didn't realize Leonard Cohen was there. It. yeah it and like, it's just like how songs can just like have their own journeys to exactly. becoming famous exactly. and it, yeah and that that I really loved about that story I mean and that song is stunning it is indeed it is indeed yeah. just, and listen to it I feel like men have a bit more they just bare their hearts and their souls yeah. and souls. And I'll touch on that because I found that was there was no female artist on my on my song list and yeah, I struggled. Great. I struggled with that. It, it took me to the end of like and they were originally on my like long list. Yeah. Um and I think it was and I love female artists there's no doubt about that and I think it was just like because it was picking songs of the time but I think it's only recently like maybe last five or so years I've really got into female artists and I wonder why that is because I never consciously oh, wow. thought that there was no like there's no female artists on my, on yeah. my song I, and I think actually no I think I do I think the kind of music I listened to when I was younger which was more indie rock there wasn't a big female presence. And I think it was only when I started to get into R&B and hip hop that that's when female artists started to like become more a part of my like listening. That's uh, interesting. Music listening journey, yeah. yeah. I guess because the industry was just, like you said, it just didn't really have that in the, your genre that you enjoyed. It just didn't have that mm. female presence. And now, yeah, not at all. Yeah, yeah not that at all. Very just mental. Yeah, yeah. even now. It, yeah, it's a bit more, it's like a bit more diverse now, isn't it? A little bit, but not, uh, you know what, and I, I probably haven't listened to live indie rock music in the same way I used to listen to it, so I don't know the new stuff so much now. But from what I see, it's still pretty, like, I think music has become now a little bit, like, you kind of listen to everything. You, I feel like music has crossed over genre-wise. Like, you know, back in the day, like, you listen to I'd be like I'm an indie girl I listen to indo, indie rock or I listen to some emo when I was a bit younger pop punk or you listen to hip-hop or you listen to R&B like you were very like bucketed now like kids these days um they're just into, I mean all these music genres are like turned into like a mix of everything I don't even know what sound like fusion sounds they are now but it seems like everyone's now like which is fantastic I love the idea of it but it seems like and I don't think I have a specific genre that I can tell you that mm. I love Same. beyond beyond another, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I think those are the kind of for me the songs. Yeah, like from a female perspective, I think they just weren't in. They just weren't around. Like yeah, into this kind of music. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess because like everyone has, we have a different access to music now because obviously we can stream. We got YouTube, yeah. SoundCloud. Like it's just, it's just so like we can access music in so many different ways and even artists can put their music out you know independent people can just put their music out wherever and we can yeah. have a bit more 
access to them and I guess that gives us a bit more variety of what we can yeah. listen to and what we now listen to like you know I remember a time where like Afrobeats was not a thing it's just like what what's Afrobeats like now exactly. you can't go anywhere and not hear Afrobeats this thing is Afrobeats is suddenly because I mean I love Afrobeats but like I don't think I even knew what the term was like three years like no maybe not like four years ago four or five yeah. years ago I didn't even had never even heard of it yeah. And then Fuse ODG came out, for me, that was kind of like my into like Afrobeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Fuse came out and I was like, is this kind of like poppy? Like, what is this? I can't quite work it out. And then now you've kind of got like Whiskey and Burner and like now it's kind of all very like, everyone's on it now. Exactly. Everyone's on it. Exactly. And it's great. And it's like proper party vibes. And I think it's kind of showing a different side to, um, you know, to kind of black music because it's exactly. not just American hip hop exactly exactly yeah. and that's where it was for so long and i it just american hip-hop just never like just i mean i, I love some artists but like it just never really spoke to me so mm -hmm. for me yeah yeah, yeah. totally get that do you want to go into your next one giants by josh osho who is a british artist he i don't know where he's gone me and bikita talk about this a lot yeah. me from bikita he was an incredible human being um and she got me into Josh Osho. Um, she gets me into a lot of like new artists, yeah. spoken word, all of that stuff, which is kind of like my gateway. And I listened to Josh Osho, and Josh Osho reminds me of a time when um, I worked as like, I come out of uni and I, I'd worked at this um, advanced nutrition PR company. It was really small, like there was three of us. And they were like, I was 21 and they were all like they were like 45 mm -hmm. um and it was a really weird environment we were in a really small office and i was kind of a bit meek and they were like one of them was like quite like out there she was a bit overtly sexual and she was like 45 and she would like would and also had kind of like a negative opinion on loads of people and then would like kind of talk to me about it all the time so that time I was just like in a really shitty place and I was like I hate this company I hate the environment I'm in I was like this isn't right and I think I went to some sort of spoken word with Bikia and Bikia told me that was Josh Osho and I started listening to his music and I was just like oh how uplifting like it's how so uplifting that voice is like so smooth and giants like the lyrics to that is just like um well we all want to be giants yeah we all want to be giants and you know lift our heads tall and it's just that kind of idea of like oh okay you know this is just my situation now like i know that there's better things to come and it was it just kind of like always and i, I used to listen to this album that whole album that he had was all, like all of it was like boom such a great album and i used to listen to that song like before i used to go to work because i just was like like almost like my rocky song before i went into like into the <laughs> like ring mental preparation the, like we got yeah, this. We i was like josh osho's giant and you know what and i think i also then um i ended up leaving that job to go traveling in southeast asia with my with one of my best friends and that song kind of carried me through like it because there was times when I went traveling that I kind of felt a bit lonely like I was in Southeast Asia I was really far away from home and yeah. you know it was it's very different environment for me um I had never really traveled hugely before um not much more than like 
France or Spain or whatever, and um, going to Southeast Asia and like being black and no one else there being black, it was very like like being stared at and stuff. So some, so I'd listen to that album. It just always made me feel like better about myself. And I think, you know, I'd be like, and I didn't ever want to say to my friend that I was feeling a bit uncomfortable because staring was a lot and stuff. And so I would listen to that album like just every now and again, like what if I was on a beach or something and I'd just be like, okay, I'm there, I'm feeling good again. And so it was always just that pep. And I just, I miss him so much. Like I really, I think I saw him at Brixton Station. Oh really? Yeah, and I really, really wanted to say hello, but I wasn't 100% sure and I just didn't want that embarrassment in my life. Yeah, no, um, I get that. Yeah, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't cope well with it. Um, so yeah and I, I really just wanted to be like where are you and I and you know how with Jeff Buckley I could I had the opportunity and what you were saying as well like I want to find out everything about you there's nothing to find out no Twitter no social media well, really? he's, he's, just... gone. he's gone so for anyone listening knows where Josh Osho is or if Josh Osho is listening can you just like release something yeah even if it's like under another guy's like yeah. I love his music. yeah yeah He's like proper British South London artist. Like I, yeah. to be honest, I haven't heard of him. I haven't heard of him. He's got two big songs, Contemporary and then Giants was another big one. Of yeah, them. I was listening to it. It was just like this, just like just some feel good. Because I had like a morning mantra playlist. I'm right. like, I can feel like the vibes. Yeah. And like it's just super super uplifting. Like yeah. really really, really good vibes. One of his songs, Redemption Goes. I think um, Childish Gambino did a yeah. did a feature on it. Yes. As well. Like he was like Josh Osho was like Redemption Day is like that that bit in the beginning mm-hmm. was like quite like it was like played on radio and stuff. Like I, I remember it at the time. Um but yeah, there's just something and it's just it's a shame when I kind of see artists like that, like super talented and you're like, oh and they just disappear. After like, what happened? Yeah. yeah. It's strange. I guess like, you know, they have their time and they have that kind of like boost of creativity where they feel mm. like okay. I'm going to produce this music and then after a while they feel like maybe my job is done and they kind of just yeah. disappear which is so strange I know it's just you know what I just felt like there was a lot of passion in what you were doing as well and I just I think this kind of stemmed from like that whole talent thing and it's just like I just don't want you to waste your talent and I'm, I don't know what the situation is like you know it's a rough business I hear the music yeah. <laughs> industry so who knows what happens exactly, yeah. it, but you know I I I would like to say that like Josh Osho's his music has definitely like brought a lot of um joy in my life and it also like helped me see bigger than the situation like see that there's there was more to the situation like yeah. this situation is just like a microcosm of your life and you're going to step out of it and you're going to live uh, you do better and bigger things which I ended up doing um and I just and I always credit that to that to that kind of music and that like positivity Amazing. Oh, yeah. amazing. That's amazing yeah. how music can just kind of inject that within you and just make yeah. you feel that. Because, um, yeah, even sometimes on your down days, like, I think, yeah, I have a playlist for just about everything. I've said, I said this yeah. before, I have a playlist for just about everything. I have a Sunday playlist, I have a cleaning playlist, I'm going to work, nice. have, like, music that I just constantly listen to and it just helps me just keep on that nice, even key. Yeah. It gives me good vibes. Like, I just... Do you listen to a lot of different playlists? Because I've got this, I've got a bit of a, and I don't know if it's a bit like, not OCD, but like, you know, just a routine. But I end up listening to some of the same songs over and over again, like on my way to work and stuff. So a lot of the stuff, like when I was picking these songs, it was like just what I was listening to on my commute on the yeah. way to work. Yeah. Because, 
and it was just so those songs remind me of an era of my life potentially not a particular story but an era of my life and i think um and i think yeah it's interesting like people have different playlists for different things but for me it's like my commuting one is probably the one that like speaks to me the most yeah because it's like it's so familiar to a person like specific time in my life um yeah I like that you have like different playlists for different scenarios. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need a cleaning. I need a cleaning playlist. I probably would put like some Afrobeats on a cleaning. Playlist. Yeah, just like I'm so is just like the go-to yeah. for the cleaning or like if I'm feeling like all right, if I'm working because I, you know, we're working from home now. This COVID thing, like we're literally having this conversation by Zoom. When I'm have those little kind of like rough kind of minutes or hours during work, I would just pop on some soca and I'm just like, all right, nice. gonna get done. Yeah. I'm gonna get the support done. I'm just feeling the good vibes and yeah, I just smash it out because you just start to focus. Your mind just shifts ever so slightly. And I guess yeah. that's the same thing with the commute, because the commute, when you're commuting, it's just like you're going to the same place, you're going the same journey, you're going the same route, you might see the same people. You just yeah. your brain just kind of switches off. And I find like when you're subconsciously listening to music, I think that's when you kind of take it in just a little bit more and it it kind 100%. of yeah it renaissance yeah. you just a little bit more because you're subconsciously you're not focusing it too much but it's yeah. in the background it's playing it's on your mind and i think those For are sure. the that kind of and when these kind of speeches stand out you're like yeah that's the song that's the yeah, song yeah, yeah. I, yeah that i really connect to oh for sure and i think um this isn't on my list although it was on my short list kid cuddy for me mm. um man on the moon album and like soundtrack to my life it's like that song just like reminds me so much of like that kind of like going to work and then like because i mean kid cuddy's I mean, lyrics can be pretty dark i mean we've been through a lot and um, and i think you know i think i just like the sound of the music at first like a lot of music for me i just like oh i like the way it sounds i've got kanye yeah. stuff i just like the way it sounds and then you just listen to it over and over again on your commute or whatever and then you're like, oh, these lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. Like, so, when I was listening to Soundtrack to my life and realised what it was, like, realised it was kind of about, you know, suicide and, like, suicidal thoughts. And I was a bit like, oh my God, Kid Cudi. Oh, I didn't know you were going through this. And it's yeah. like, it's this masking. Because, you know, I think that links to, like, whenever I'm feeling down, I don't listen to, like, I never listen to, like, depressing music when I'm sad. Like, yeah. that doesn't work for me. Like, yeah. And, it, and it's the same, you know, so listening to stuff like that and it's like, oh, like, you're kind of just like partying to it in your head and then you're like, oh, this is actually like really profound. And then that's when it kind of sinks in and it's just, it probably like, you know, the fifth day of your commute and you're listening to this album again and it's just sunk in that this is what it's about. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, and it's, but, you know, people are going through things and, you know, music like helps helps kind of put a package around it but like it helps you digest it you know i think that's a good way to put it i think that's a really good way to put it and i guess for the artist it's their way to get it out there yeah for for us it's just for us to relate to that and then for us to feel like you know we're not alone in this whatever the artist is going through we're not alone like we everyone experiences some down days and tough times and 100 percent. i guess it's that form of expression it's that exchange and that's like i guess that's why music is just so it's just it's just so important for me. it's so important it's so important you know and it, you know it breaks my heart really around like the situation with coronavirus because a lot of people are dealing with a lot and what you know and i i, I love art i love art of all forms live art particularly um whether that's spoken word whether that's music um you know love watching dance and stuff and I, it, it really like 
you know, it's so important to people to express things and people aren't very good at communicating very well. Like, you know, I struggle sometimes like getting the right words out and whatever. I'm not saying that I'm a muso, like a musician or anything. So I don't release it in that way. But, you know, I think there's a lot of people now that are like stunted because they can't do that. And, you know, there's a lot of venues that are like suffering. And I go to so many live gigs. I love live music. I have, since I had my job at Subway when I was like 15, 16, all my money used to go on live gigs. I used to go to a gig every month, like without fail, like earning four pound an hour or whatever. And I have since since I was fourteen up until now thirty one, I go to live gigs like once a month at least. And the fact that I'm not doing that and not seeing that, um, I love how social media is making people creative, but it also makes you know you see there are venues that are struggling at the moment. And so I just like how important music is and it's like the impact and it's so sad because there's like traditionally like people that are underfunded and so important because you know for mental health but also for just like you know getting out of your day-to-day and music is so fundamental to that so it's, it's really sad that you know this situation is impacting that industry so badly and I and I and I do worry I worry about um about that a lot so just the importance of music it stems outside of just just listening know, and it's experience. listening to it and consuming it it's actually like the livelihoods of these amazing people and you don't make music the same you don't make money with music the same way that you used to and so people do it for the love of it and um you've got to respect them for that you really do you really really do i mean i guess like you know like you go to life gigs and having that experience just with so many people and everyone kind of feeling that same vibe and having that sharing that experience on a very like a mass scale is amazing yeah. i guess you know as as beautiful and like awesome these verses have been it is still it's still i think it just as much as i can sit down and enjoy these verses on my screen like beanie yeah. man mountain killer jill scott yeah do um and see them live and kind of experience their music it's beautiful but then it's just it kind of heightens and makes me realize that i'm still very still oh. disconnected yeah. and still, like still locked and yeah i can consume it and experience it but if i would love to experience this on a mass scale with a lot oh, 100%, of 100 you know I mean? yeah so like i i like you know one of the most gutting situations like just festivals that i'm not going to like carnival is not happening oh, this year, you know like come on like that is like a year for everyone to just like let loose and just have a good time you know so it's an it's it's yeah it, i don't think i i didn't actually realize how much i missed live music until i saw a couple of live things on the, and i was like oh wow i really miss live music and i saw actually the Keita did a live um uh spoken word thing on i can't remember what it was it was uh i can't remember can't remember but anyway she did that and i was like oh and there was other artists performing as well other spoken word artists and there was a beatboxer and i was like this is so cool how great would it be if this was in a venue everyone together enjoying it but you know it is what it is obviously we're in a situation we can't help and i just hope that you know even though this industry seems like it will be impacted the longest hopefully you know it's sooner than we think and you know uh, people can get back to enjoying the good stuff oh without a doubt without a doubt i really hope that when we do fully and completely come out of this lockdown i think everyone's Mm going to want it i think everyone's going to want to have those experiences with others even more so i think and hopefully that you know everyone will just kind of jump 
and just kind of run to these music venues, run, yeah, I really um, hope run to these just venues, and just like ah, we want to just experience and yeah, live. Yeah, I really venue. hope so. I really hope so because it's it makes me sad that like the public, the arts are a the first thing that gets cut and especially on the back of this and it's going to be the last thing that's going to be reinstated but it's so unbelievably important that people just don't realize how much it is important to their lives and that's the kind of like kind of crappy thing about it um so yeah i hope i'm totally with you i hope people like run to it embrace it and you know get a lot more out of it uh, than they did beforehand so, yeah. okay and your next song you can't fool me Dennis um, oh yeah <laughs> and it's by oh. Mystery Jets by Mystery Jets yeah you know what I don't even really know what the song's about but I really like it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Mystery Jets so young kid went to school in St Albans and I was into like emo punk yeah. but like no well like I had like, some friends are like into it but like we were kind of not, not outcast but we were kind of like the Grebos. Um, and then like, so that was kind of, so I was always into kind of rock music. And then I kind of started to discover indie music and really like, and I liked the idea that it was independent. I remember earlier on, I was a bit of a snob. So I liked this whole kind of like independent, like even with movies and stuff, like I don't want to be part of the mass. So. I know about these things that you don't know about, you know? <laughs> What? like you look back at it I proper cringe about how I used to be like my my family called me out on it but like I was just you know I'm not that person anymore so forgive me everyone but um yeah and um so Mystery Jets um they were just a really interesting band they were um like the lead guy his dad was in the band and they were just like a really feel-good band but basically I ended up I one of my school friends um I'd known him since like so most of my primary school friends went to my secondary school um and so we were always kind of friends but not really um and then we all went to a party one day one night and then he was like oh I'll drop you off because it's like near me and he had mystery jets in his car and so we played it and I was like oh my god you love mystery jets and he was like yeah I love mystery jets and I was like oh my god I love mystery jets yeah but I don't know you like that kind of music I was like yeah and um it just like ended up bonding about it and um it just reminds me of the group of friends that I had like then made on the back of listening to music because then everyone who kind of liked that music would go to gigs together so we'd all go to like be like oh who are you seeing oh I'm gonna see Arcade Fire I'm like oh I'm down for that oh does anyone is anyone gonna get tickets for oh, like are you on the mailing list for um I don't know uh Kings of Leon um yeah no, so, and so it would all be like a bit of a community community for like these gigs and you know one thing I loved and I love because I love live music I love like the sound of the guitars and stuff and I think um mystery jets were just always a really fun band and so it always reminds me of like community yeah that, like it, like comes with that indie music and I think it was just it was a community I never really had before or like felt comfortable in it was something that I felt like I genuinely liked as opposed to like forcing myself to like because I yeah. wanted to be like on the fringe um so yeah, for me, Mystery Jets, um, yeah, I just, I have such good memories about them and like seeing them at festivals. So I used to go to Reading Festival every year and they used to normally play um, and it was like sunny, you had a cider in your hand, you're like, you know, just like dancing away. And for me, I love indie kind of 
dance music as well. So I used to go to like Club Enemy at Coco in Camden on a weekly basis. And that was all just like indie dance. It was just fun. And I think Missy Jets just reminds me of fun, like unadulterated fun, like nothing like seedy about it or anything. It was just like good music that um, that made me feel like really happy. And um, I a couple of years ago, Mystery Jets, so they had kind of a, a relatively big fan, fan following, but like not huge. Um, but they played the, I think it's the Forum in Highbury, um, and they had five albums, um, and they played Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and they played each of their albums. And that uh, that song I had never heard live because I'd seen Mystery Jets a few times live. You know, they they just like mix up the songs on the albums and stuff. Um, but they played like the Making Dens album on the Monday, and then they played the Serotonin album on the Tuesday, and then so they did it in order. And so like, and this was like a few years ago, and I went with my friend that I had mentioned that like we bonded over this song, uh, over this band, and uh, yeah, and. And it was just like such a great like nostalgic feeling of like being young, loving um, indie music and um, yeah, because I think it, as well with that type of music, it was very of the time. Like Enemy was a big thing. Enemy magazine was huge, and um, you know, basically if you were on the front cover of Enemy magazine, you'd be like an indie hit. Like, and so it was. It was kind of like it was kind of on the fringe of like not being like pop but then it kind of melded into pop eventually. So, yeah. you know, I felt like, I felt, yeah, I just think I felt like that. I'd, I'd finally found like, oh, I really enjoy this music. I think I was a bit sheep-like, like I kind of followed what I thought was cool. And I think it was the first time I was like, oh, okay. So maybe I have, or in the past, kind of just like, just got on board of what's cool. Yeah, but I was like, actually, I really like this. Like, this is what I really like. I really feel, I like the kind of the angstiness. I like the kind of like, kind of almost, I mean, they weren't that rebellious, but like almost a little bit rebellious nature of it. Or, yeah. Um, and yeah, so for me, yeah, You Can't Fool Me Dennis, it was the first time I'd heard that song live and it just reminds me of like happy sixth form times um, listening to kind of good music uh, in the sun. So yeah. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. I mean, it has that kind of turning point in their life where they just break away from like the pack and I'm just gonna listen mm. to something different. I think everyone yeah. kind of has that turning point and I guess that like, this this song and like you know yeah. this band was that turning point for you. For sure. Uh, yeah. No, I think it's just so important. No. It's so important for it's, us to like, explore and like, you know, what do I am I really into? Like not what everyone listened to, but what yeah. am I really interested in? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Oh for sure, for sure. Like I mean, you know, there's like times I'd listen who was it I was listening to like Pink Floyd who are like known to be like the greatest band in the world and loads of people love Pink Floyd mm-hmm. and I used to listen to them I'd be like I don't get it yeah like this feels like psychedelic like mumbo jumbo to me this yeah. is not my so I'd be like I love Pink Floyd like you know you, you, I mean granted like now like I could listen to Pink Floyd but like at the time I think you just kind of say it to say yeah, that you like them. um and there was a lot of that and I think and I'll lead this into the next song because I think one thing that I would say is that you know brought up in like quite predominantly white area uh, and I went to school in St Albans and you know there wasn't a huge amount of like hip-hop and stuff being played um in the household like we listened to kind of like Whitney was also originally on my list god bless her um and you know Michael Jackson and stuff so like there was that kind of music mm-hmm. 
back in the back at home but like really when going to school and stuff like most people are listening to kind of I don't really know what people are listening to, but like definitely not what I was listening to. I was listening to like emo pop punk when I was like 14. Um, and then, um, yeah, so for me, there was a little bit of a feeling of like, I felt like a little bit like the other. So like I felt very different because I was black and no one else was black. Um, and then, but I was into like a really like white music type. But then I subvert, so it always felt a little bit like a bit of a struggle for me. Um, and, but I mean, I always had very varied tastes. Like, you know, I was always, I mean, at the time, maybe I was very like exclusive to those music, but I've always kind of liked a bit of everything. Um, and then, so this, then it then leads on to my next song, which I think is Banquet by Block Party. It is indeed. And Block Party are my favorite band of all time. Yeah. I love Block Party. They are, for me, one of the greatest bands lyrically and like just like their songs, like musicality wise, it's like it's very different. And for me, and I would say that I probably forced myself to like Bob Party at first. Yeah. Jenny because the lead singer was black. And I'm not gonna lie, I was a bit like taken back because I was listening to it and then I just kind of mm-hmm. did a bit of research and then I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I, bit, I like it though. I like yeah. it. I really like yeah, it. me too. Me too. And you know, has since come out as gay as well. And I mean, that is just like I mean, there was rumors at the time, and I think that was just like, whoa, hang on a second. Like, there's a black guy who likes indie music. Yeah. I like indie music. Yeah. And my girls are the same. <laughs> and and I listened to it, and I was like, I don't like it. I was like, I don't like it. Like, and you know what? And I and I had at a whim bought um tickets to see them live their album came out in february and mm-hmm. i bought tickets to see them live in october and i was like i'm just gonna have to force myself to like this album because i spent a lot of money on these tickets and yeah. so i'm gonna have to like them and then i listened so the song that i'd heard first was so here we are and that kind of charted and did well and i was like then i'd like listen to the album and i was it took me probably like three or four listens and then I kind of got it. And Banquet, and Banquet was a banger anyway, because it was like out in the clubs, at like indie clubs. But everyone was kind of dancing around to it. And it was, it felt very anthemic and everyone like loved it. And it was like, um, yeah, it was just super catchy. And I was just like, I, I don't think I realized how important representation was until I discovered Block Party. That's why Block Party means so much to me. Because before that, I kind of had just like liked the music that I liked and it was fine you know yeah. like I saw no color when it came to that and it was until I saw Block Party and then I was like oh okay this is like this feels different and it feels like it spoke to me a little bit more and I'm not that I mean I you know I'm not a gay man and I don't know his experience and obviously he's writing music from that experience but you know I can understand his experience from being you know uh, in an African household, and maybe he like felt like it was a stricter vibe at first. I don't know um, for him, but and you know, also I feel like I loved that music because I was kind of felt a little bit like I didn't really open up. I really struggled with opening up a lot, um, and I think it was just kind of like some of his music was the like the the lyrics as well were like just kind of like that naivety and like scared to open up like there's a song i think uh sunday um where he kind of talks about i think it's sunday 
be a bad rock party fan if it's not that. So basically that kind of talks about like struggling to open up and it's like like falling in love but like really like peaceful because you can't really like admit your own feelings and um and yeah so I feel like that kind of opened that up for me and it, it felt very like oh I relate to this and I think I think that's when like yeah the idea of representation was like I didn't realize I needed that until a block party came around and that's why it was felt really important to me nice no it mm. is important it's crazy that like, we don't necessarily even think about it on that kind of scale but as long because when, when it happens and we see it it's like, oh oh wow yeah feel completely differently about it yeah well it's so weird because like i would say to like friends like friends like i mean i knew a couple of friends would joke and be like do you only like them because they've like because they've got black singing in it and yeah and it's like oh god like that's so dumb like mm -hmm. do i ever like say that to you about all yeah. the white like, <laughs> us? like that's such a dumb thing to say but you kind of almost been like oh is it the only reason and i was like maybe that is the only reason but I don't know, you know, I can't remember how conscious it was, but I definitely feel like now looking back, it must have been some sort of like conscious reaction. I mean, beyond that, I have loved them since I was, um, I don't know when I first came out, 16, 16, 17. Um, and, you know, I still listen to their music now. And I, when they play live, I still see them live. And I've seen them like 13, 14 times live. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I think for me, it was kind of like, it just yeah it just started to make me realize that there was like other artists out there i felt like i was listening to kind of like the same stuff and i think it was just like block party because they got a lot of like flack as well like noel gallagher or liam gallagher one of them was like oh these are like boring oh, really? yeah like they were like university challenge like, on, like there was a whole beef on like oh, wow. <laughs> in the enemy it's like um you don't really have social media in the same way as that back then. But yeah, on that enemy magazine, there was like a bit of beef. Like Noel Gallagher called them like the University Challenge Boys because they were like a bit geeky. But I kind of like that about them. I like that. And from a musical like perspective, they were incredible. Like Matt Tong was an incredible drummer. Gordon was a great bassist. Um, uh, Russell was incredible lead guitarist. And the band has kind of like configured, like reconfigured now. So there's only like Kelly and Russell in the band now but um they were incredible artists and the sounds that they were making and um seeing them live and seeing how like pepped up people were um yeah I, they are absolutely incredible and I yeah huge huge fan and um yeah I think for me they were like they were it and still are I mean people at school like at six will be like oh is Miriam gonna go and see Block Party again like I was obsessed I was obsessed um so yeah for me like i had to have a block party song on this oh, yeah. on this on this playlist yeah no i totally get yeah. that I totally get that yeah. and again another feel good vibes like proper just yeah. party vibes right like it's just like fun music fun fun music and um yeah that's what i really like. i love listening to fun music like that's just you know the way that i jam i like you know there are some like more heartfelt stuff that I like but I just like things that you can like have a dance to like for me music is about like brings joy and like mm. that for me brings me a lot of joy nice mm. good mm. and this coming to your last song wretch three two six words 
And when I heard, like, when I listened, I was listening to your playlist before mm-hmm. you jumped on, and I was like, I've heard this song, and I didn't realise it was Rachel too. Oh, did you not? I didn't, so I've heard it, I've heard it, and I'm just like, this is a tune, but yeah. it didn't even make the connection, that's Rachel too. And it just shows yeah. how it is, because I'm just like, it doesn't even sound like you. It just, yeah. you just sound completely different from what I know, I guess, from what I'm used to kind of yeah. with music. But now I love it, I absolutely love that song. It's a banger. What I say about Rich, Rich, okay, I, right, so from like indie, then I kind of went into all like, like I went into like more hip hop music. I'm definitely more of a fan of like UK rap music than I am American, but I do love like, shout out to obviously like Kanye, love Jay Z, um, Mac Miller, um, like Kid Cudi, they're the huge, like J. Cole, Kendrick, love them. But like generally, like my heart belongs to the UK. I think the UK do the best rap music. Um, which most people would disagree with. I got into like a beef accidentally on Instagram. But yeah, it was like, there was like who would win in a fight, like Jay Huss, and, like not even win in a fight, like it was a rap battle or something. Was, I don't remember who the, the comparisons were. It was like Jay Huss versus um, some American artist. I was like Jay Huss all day. Yeah. And it turned into a whole thing. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> were like, what are you saying? I was like, I just made a comment. I was like, you didn't. I was like, you lose. Like, I don't need this. I was like, this not was my intention. <laughs> I was just like repping you. That's just my opinion, goodness. <laughs> yeah. This is the thing. This is, I, you know what I've learned? Never read the comments on Instagram, uh, on any posts that you see. Never read them because you've just learned that people have the most abhorrent views. <laughs> and, then, okay. and then I was also like, never comment back like yeah. a person. Because then they're like, oh, you don't know this. They said a live. Oh, it was something like Drake versus Jay Huff. Oh, oh. It was like something like that. And then there was like, Drake is an American, he's Canadian. I was like, I didn't, I didn't say he wasn't. Like, that wasn't my argument. Okay. <laughs> but, um, side point. But anyway, that all being said. Now, so then I got into like, and then grind music. And so originally, other people won't know, but I <laughs> changed my song and it was did originally was stand up tour by Dizzy Rascal because link back to the beginning of this podcast, <laughs> the 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 CD that I heard Jeff Buckley's Dream Brother on from Key Magazine also had stand up tour Dizzy Rascal on that. The first time I'd heard Dizzy Rascal, and I was like, oh my god, I like this. Oh, I don't know about rap that well. Let me investigate. And so Dizzy was kind of my gateway into Wiley, into Kano. Yeah, and all of these other great artists that come from that, and Wretch kind of, I think, again, Bakita, you've got too much airplay on this one, but <laughs> I think Bakita introduced me to, kind of introduced me to Wretch, like, he played at our union, and he had, like, some kind of pop songs with, like, Example, Unorthodox, so I was kind of like, yeah, um, and I just, I listened to the Growing Over Life album, and this, what, this song's on it, and he's just so talented and i don't think he gets the credit that he deserves for how talented he is. he's name checked all the time by the stormies of the world like wretch is the dawn like wretch is number one like you do not you cannot beat like wretch lyrically and i agree but he doesn't get he doesn't have the airplay and i think he has hits like he has like songs you can jam to um but his lyrics are incredible and six words like um you know, it kind of ends with "I found my treasure in you," and it was just such—it's such a beautiful sentiment in that song. Um, 
and that I just love. And I think, I don't know if Retro might, if this song reminds me of anything in particular. It does remind me of the gig that I saw, like his Growing Up In Life album gig, mm-hmm. um, which was at Kennedy Town Forum and it was incredible. And he played this album from start to finish, which I love from in the same order. Oh, I love like, I, you know what? Not enough artists do that. And I was like, there's a reason you put that song, the album in that order. Exactly. Those, like, mad people, and sorry if you're one of them, but like, listens to an album for the first time on shuffle. Like, where's that is like disrespect. <laughs> like, you listen to it in an order first, and then you can shuffle about how yeah. you want. Um, so I just love that. And it, it was, for me, it was like one of the best gigs I've been to um, in a long time. I think Rachel's one of the best. Um, sometimes when you listen to rap, like, live, um you know and i've seen quite a lot of artists live and i think if you don't have like a live band with it like it's a bit flat just someone on a microphone and just wretch was just like it was so you know musical like he had great instruments great band around him and i just thought it was amazing and that this song i think this song in itself was quite popular and i think it was a bit of my gateway into wretch and i was like oh this is like like the lyrics are great and like really clever i mean and he for me is like his wordplay, like I couldn't even imagine how he puts it together. So yeah, it's stunning. And like, I saw him um, talk at uh, uh, South Bank uh, a few months ago and about Amazing. his book, his release the book, um, I can't remember what it's called. I haven't actually read it yet, which I feel really bad about because my friend bought me a copy and, we, and he signed it. Um, oh. And I will read it. I will read it. The problem is I struggled reading in lockdown, which is a whole side issue. <laughs> but um, yeah, and it, it's just about how he kind of puts together his lyrics because he is so inventive with it. And it was just, it was really interesting just kind of hearing his perspective. You're like, you know what really like, I would love to be a poet in some way. Like I, I'm not, and I don't have a way with words, but there is something. So like, you know, when you hear like a bar and you're like, yeah. and it like blows your mind. Like I, like that is just an artistry that I just have like the utmost respect for, but I just could not even like, I can't even understand how someone puts together words like that. You know, it's just, it's so, um, yeah, it's so ingenious to me. And I think Wretch just like embodies for me the type of like rap music I like to listen to and the and you know it you know there's a lot of music that I like to listen to just to dance to, but like I wouldn't rate any of the lyrics. But with Wretch I like I wanna hear his perspective. I wanna, listen to I wanna yeah, I wanna hear him and you know, um yeah, and I think it's so great. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. It's a skill. It's such like an amazing skill to have, like power of words, because you know we use them every day, all the time, in every single way, and everything that we do. But to really just like have like that ownership and power to just develop beautiful wordplays and metaphors and similes and just like boss it. I just yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful skill. I admire it so much, so so much. It's so clever. Like I think, like just in the lyrics, like one life, two children, three times, four dreaming, five senses, six words. I found my treasure in you. And I think, like, and that's priceless spending. Now let me count my blessings. Like that. Just it's like so simple. But you're like, that's so. That's so. And especially to him, because obviously that's his life. Like that's so. That just must embody it, like, embody how he lives his life and mm-hmm. what he's grateful for. And I just, yeah, I so much respect for it. And um, 
yeah it's just so so good and i think like i'd love to see rich be like super super famous and you know have all the credit and stuff yeah but i don't know i don't know if that will happen it's it's interesting isn't it Mm. it's really interesting because he gets a lot of love but i just don't think he gets like the credit Mm. that he that he deserves really um yeah it's funny because there's like people like I just, you know how I compare it? So I compare it to like someone like Kano, not comparing their artistry in any way, but like I saw Kano Royal Albert Hall, and that whole thing was sold out. But I was like, if if this was Wretch, I don't know if he'd sell out in the same way. I don't know if it's fair to even compare the two, but I was like, does Wretch, like, I mean, I was then also about to say, does Wretch have more bangers than Kano, but I don't think, I think Kano will have P's and Q's like living with him. Kano could have been on the list as well, to be fair. Yeah. Kano is good. Yeah. Um, But I think I only really got into Kano quite late in life, so I felt like it wasn't nostalgic more that I just appreciated his talent later, (laughs) later down the line. Um, But yeah. Have you done this, by the way? Have you done, have you picked your song? I have, yeah. It's the first episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First episode. Okay, I need to to, look back. What was one of your songs? Um, My songs were, actually, let me bring them up. It was Jill Scott, Golden. Nice. Take five. Uh, where is it? Here we go. Jill Scott, Golden. Take five. Robert. Dave Brookbeck. I'm really bad at pronouncing mm. names. Um, Whitney Houston, My Love Is Your Love. Uh, oh, that, that was on my shortlist. Was it? Oh. I literally got rid of that yesterday. I'm so excited about that because that song is... Whitney, I mean, let's talk about Whitney for a second, because Whitney, <laughs> Whitney was on my list. <laughs> like, like, let's talk about Whitney. Like, that song, oh. even now, like, it's timeless. Absolutely timeless. Like, that is just one of the, that was one of the best songs ever made, easily. And it's just, like, her voice and, like, the soul in her voice was just so epic and just so, like, soulful and, oh, like, velvety. I just love that song so much everything yeah I just proper connected it to my mother um, yeah yeah and I just was like I felt like this my mom was singing this song to me like I just oh, I still feel that and believe that to this day like it's just I have such yeah every time I hear that song it's just my mom's song and my yeah. mom is like I don't really she doesn't she, not like she doesn't get it she gets it but she's just like I don't know how but you just I appreciate that you've made that connection oh that's, that's amazing song. It, it reminds me of my family actually just because like they loved Whitney and like Whitney yeah. was goddess in our household so like when we like I think they like the big ballady ones and I love the big ballady Whitney songs but I think there's something so understated in my love is your love that it just was like it, that was the Whitney I liked I like that kind of like I didn't like well I did like the big ballady one like it was great but like for me it was just like that understated side of her. I just thought her voice was great either way, but I think that's so soulful. Um, so yeah, no, I'm glad that I, I'm really glad about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it. Love it, love it, love it. No, I definitely check it out. Mm. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I love like, Kendrick Lamar. And I got Wale on there. Ambition. Kendrick Lamar. Poor no. James. But yeah, like I just. Ooh, yeah. I mean, both great. Like Kendrick is. Oh, oh nothing I mean, you sure. can't you can't 
fault, Kendrick. You really can't. But like, for me, Kendrick, like, you know what, the one thing with Kendrick is that he's a little bit like, almost like I don't get it sometimes. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like with Kendrick, I have to listen, like mm-hmm. I've got to study Kendrick, mm-hmm. you know? So someone like a, um, and a, you know, I hate comparing artists because everyone is, like, lives in their own lane and just yeah. great things. But um, like, if I listen to J. Cole, I can kind of get it. Like, mm-hmm. it feels a little, and you know, I'm, that's not to dumb down anything. He's not like, he's not as clever as Kendrick. But um, there's something about quite like easy, list, more easy listening to maybe earlier J. Cole, new J. Cole, less so. But like Kendrick, like, I feel like I need to get my notebook out. I need yes. to listen, and yes. I need to like, write it, I need to dissect, yes. I need to understand <laughs> it. And like, that is like, so I love Kendrick, but sometimes I do feel like I don't have the like time for Kendrick. Yeah, you haven't got that mental like capacity. I need to like really, I can't unconsciously listen to you. I need to consciously listen to you. Oh yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's not commuting music. Yeah, yeah. Kendrick is not commuting <laughs> no, music. Totally <laughs> no, no, no. Totally um, yeah, but no, I mean, massive love for Kendrick like, I'm really excited to see what he brings out coming up. yeah me too he's been yeah. a bit quiet hasn't he he's been a bit quiet a bit I feel like he's, he's rustling something up though yeah right. next year I reckon it'll be interesting to see what he's got yeah. definitely 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 we have come to the end it's been nothing short of amazing thank you so oh. much for sharing your amazing songs and you like you added I've added some songs to my playlist already honestly like yeah. I'm adding that rage for you too and that block party. Good. I really was feeling the block okay. party. I was really feeling Yay! I love it, I love it, I love it. Is there, is there anything <laughs> I can do to just bring block party to people's lives then I then I, <laughs> my job is done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this has been amazing. I was super nervous about it, but you've been amazing, like oh super calm, super Good. relaxed. So yeah, so this has been a lot of fun. And also really important for everyone to like look back and think about those songs because I think those actually the impact that they end up having in your life is way bigger than you probably ever envisaged especially when you look back after like 16 years so yeah definitely thank you so much thank you appreciate it thank you for listening as always we are looking for guests to come on our show to share their stories and songs please visit our instagram page to find out how remote recording is possible be sure to like comment and tell a friend